0: Go ahead, next one.
1: Sanctuary of Mecca and Medina. Hunting in the sanctuary of Mecca is impermissible, and its ruling is like hunting while in ihram. The following are impermissible to cut trees, grass, even thorns which may cause harm, siwak, etc., and leaves, but not dried leaves, sweet grass, truffles mushrooms, fruit and whatever is planted by man including trees. It is permissible to pasture its grass and benefit from what has died or broken without human interference even if it is not completely separated. A small per custom tree warrants a sheep. What is larger warrants a cow. A choice is made between that and its estimated value, the price of which is treated like the recompense of hunting. Grass warrants its market value. It is disliked to move dirt and rocks, but not Zamzam water from the sanctuary to non-sacred land. It is recommended to reside in Mecca, which is more virtuous than Medina. Both good and evil deeds are multiplied in virtuous places and during virtuous times. It is impermissible to hunt in the sanctuary of Medina and to cut its trees and grass, except for need, a fodder and small saddles, etc., which has no recompense.
0: All right. So this is talking about the sanctuary, um, haram of Mecca. It also p- talks about the haram of Al medina So the first thing, of course, is hunting in the haram. He says, "Wa saidu saidu harami Mecca." Basically, it's impermissible to hunt in the sanctuary of Mecca hukmu ihram. So whether you're in Ihram or you're not, you cannot hunt in the sanctuaries. Its ruling is like that of a person hunting while in Ihram. You also cannot cut down trees. Um, you can't cut down, can't cut the grass, um, even thorns, even if they're uh, dangerous or harmful, and even a uh, siwak. Etc. Those types of natural vegetation, planted things. That which is agriculture, that's a different story. If you're planting and growing to harvest, you can you can do what you want with it. But if it's naturally occurring, it should be left as it is. There are some exceptions. Dry leaves, etc. Those things that I mentioned that can be uh, removed, much like what is harvested. Um, And it's also permissible to um, use the grass or the fields to, um, you know, pasture your animals or whatever whatever has become separated. He says, Basically, if something falls down off of a tree, like a limb falls off the tree, you can use it and benefit from it. You can't go cut it off. But you can take it if it falls. So like that's building material. If it's a a palm fiber or a branch of a tree or something that falls down, you can take it and benefit from it. And you can remove it if it's just kind of dangling there. It hasn't completely separated. Like it's just hanging on by a thread. It's cracked and broken. It's just laying, it's kind of just hanging there. You can go ahead and separate it and you can use it and there's no harm, no penalty, no penalty to be Paid. Then he talks about what the fidya is, the penalty. Basically, a small tree based on custom. Meaning, customarily, is that considered a small tree? Or is that considered a large tree? If it's considered a small tree, then that's a sheep. Anything above a small tree is a cow. That's what you have to, uh, that's your penalty to be paid. He says, So either you can slaughter that or you can take the market value and you can purchase food. Um, he says, basically, like when we were talking about hunting, you know, you go out and you purchase food and you give it to poor people. And then grass, he says, um, you know, obviously that's smaller, that's smaller than a, a, a small tree, grass, those types of things. And you take the market value for that. So if you go out and you cut all this grass out, you get someone to appraise that amount. How much is that? $50, $100, whatever. Lastly, here he talks about something different besides the fidya. Some manners, number one, it's makruh, to take dirt from the haram, and to take rocks um, outside of sacred grounds. This is, oddly enough, a reality today. People will go into the sanctuary and they'll gather stuff, pick up pebbles, pick up rocks, and want to take it home for some reason. Um, a funny story I was on the way home in the airport I can't remember where I was landed in D.C. or somewhere United States so my wife and I are heading towards the taftish. you know you're going to be um, inspected yeah we're so going to check our stuff and ask us some questions and in front of us was a guy uh, wearing a turban wearing a whole his old gear and In my mind, I'm thinking, please don't have anything strange. Please don't have anything strange. You know, just come on, just get us through. If he goes through, we'll go through. Sure enough, they're going through his stuff, opening up his bag. They pull out this huge plastic bag of dirt. He had just come from Umrah. Spent some time over there. He's got all this dirt, and I'm going, oh, man, I know what that is. Homie has brought a bag of dirt from the Holy Land for some reason. And I'm just thinking, I'm just waiting. What are they going to say? How are they going to address this? So the guy that the inspector pulls out the bag of dirt looks at, he's like, are you a geologist or something like that? (laughs) And then the guy spent the next five to ten minutes trying to explain what the dirt was and why he brought it out of the Holy Land. It's like, no, this is sacred land. This is sacred dirt. Yeah, and we are going to run some tests to see if there's any special properties. If there's any special properties to this dirt. So, needless to say, I was rerouted to the next inspector because that took quite a long time to figure out. So, at that moment, I was like, you know what? That's not a bright idea. And in fact, it's considered disliked to do so. And the reason for that is because it could, it could, it could develop into an innovation that a person may take that, that dirt, that soil, those rocks and things outside to They want to seek blessings from it. So he concludes here the chapter. That's one. There's just a few things that he mentions here. That's number one, is removing those things from the sanctuary to non-sacred lands. The last is uh, the preference to live close to Mecca. This is considered mustahab. Mecca is uh, more virtuous than Medina. Um, وَتَضَاعَفُوا الْحَسَنَةُ وَالْسَيِّئَةُ Both the good and evil deeds, they are magnified and multiplied. Um, I should say, they say multiplied for the evil deeds in terms of al-kaif, not al-kem, which is how it was committed or where it was committed and not the amount, right? Because we know that doing an evil deed is equivalent to one evil deed. One evil deed is not going to be multiplied in number to a hundred evil deeds, but it will be magnified. Uh, because of the place, the location, or the time, as he mentions, be be and was a man and followed due to these virtuous places or times. So like a person that commits a sin in Ramadan is much different than the person that commits the same sin outside of Ramadan because Ramadan is a sacred time. Or a person that commits a sin in Mecca is much different than one that commits the very same sin in a non-sacred territory or land. You're on holy ground. You're in holy time. So the fact that you're doing it during that time or in that place is worse than you doing it in another time or another place. Right? And then lastly, he says it's impermissible to hunt uh, in Medina, the sanctuary of Medina, to cut the trees, the grass, except uh, if, there's no, if there's no need. uh the لِلَيْرِ alafin, which is like um, fodder for animals or if you need to make something with it, and there's no penalty if that is the case. That's basically, um, that basically gets us to the point of preliminary discussion, preliminary points. After this, uh, Sheikh Al-Bali is going to begin talking about the actions of Hajj, what you do, uh, how you proceed, etc., etc., and that's where we'll pick up, inshallah, next week. Zekhala khair.